So I'm a people watcher. Anybody else? Yeah, you know who you are. It's always fascinating to me the, the way people sit in places. Oh, yeah. There are three completely empty rows here. That's on your side, so it has something to do with you. I know. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm insecure now all of a sudden. I'm just saying, I always Ryan. sit on this side. No, no, you stay where you are. <laughs> stay where you are. So any, any Pictionary players in the room? All right. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We, we're all about unity here in the body of Christ, but there's nothing that builds unity like a little competition, right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play this side, my side. Team coffee. Against Joel's side. Team non-coffee. Oh, no. There's some of y'all on the wrong team. <laughs> oh, all right. So here's yeah, who. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my drawer. All right. Okay. Who on this side right. thinks I'm the best Pictionary I need, I need an artist, anyone, here. on this side. Come on, come on, come on. I like it. That was, that was, that was confident. I, uh, oh, I'm, I, I'm torn. Right. Oh, wait. All right, here we go. Come on. Yeah, man. No, 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 not Carson. No, no, no. I can't see who this is right here. Back row, dude, help me. Who is that? I can't see you. Kyle, come here. Oh, no. <laughs> You All right, you're up against here. So here's oh, yeah. what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you guys. You get. Uh, you're gonna get. You ready? One minute. You're gonna draw it. Oh no. You got yours. Okay, you're at this on one. this side. Yeah, they're not gonna get to see it. So you got one minute to draw this. Don't cheat off each other. Yeah, don't cheat. <laughs> and then we're then we're gonna Kyle, turn it around and see who. You ready? Okay. Are you ready? One minute starts uh, now. Okay. So, give us the background on this. Here's oh, the background on this. Joel and I were at a conference Wait, this what past theme week. What music is this? I know, I love it. Whatever it is. Crisis for We were at a conference last week where there was a lot of, uh, they called it tear sheeting. Right. But they would give you a question and you couldn't use words. You had to draw pictures to describe, like, what's the greatest challenge in your ministry right now? And then they would give you like two minutes with only pictures to do it. And, and it would always right get, you, you keep going. It would get less, less and less time and more and more complicated questions. And, and it was very stressful. We had, it was me and Joel and Robbie and Taylor Krause. And we saw people's personality really pop out in terrifying ways. Taylor Krause has some things about him <laughs> that are terrifying. Uh, and it's uh, three, two, one, stop. All right, we're done. We're done. All right. I, I like what you did there. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay. All right, we'll here we go. One big reveal. One big, wait. All right, we're ready? Ready? Wait, we should do it all on one side so we can oh. put it on the screen. Okay, ready? Well, I'll come to your side. You ready? One, we're, two, three. We're on the screen. Oh, go. boy, what are we doing right here? All right. Ready? This is my side. If you get it, we win. We got it. Y'all did. Boom. Congratulations. Way to go. Uh, if you'll see Robbie Wolf on the back, he'll get you something out of the prize vault. I am the vine. You are the branches. There is no prize vault, by the way. Great. I am the vine. Good Great. job. Although this is good. This is good. You did great, man. Too much time on the grapes, I think. You think? 
Wait, that looks exactly. Whoa. I know. I'm going to show everybody. That's weird. Should I now? Are we ready? Yeah. Did he copy mine or something? I think he might have. I had a drawing. I think the timer it. just went off again. Oh. I did hit snooze. <laughs> My people. All right. So it's hard to do that. That's a lot of pressure. We cheated. All right. We'll own it. We cheated. We're in John chapter 15. There you go. Oh, man. Hey, that ain't bad. We're in John chapter 15. If you're just joining us, uh, we've been in a study of John, and uh, we are uh, in the last, really, 24 hours of Jesus' life right now. And in John chapter 15, it's a very familiar passage for a lot of us, and um, there, there was a reason for the picture, by the way, the Pictionary. John chapter 15 gives us a very clear picture of, of what it means to have life in Christ, and we, we hope today to kind of give you a picture of what Jesus is trying to communicate uh, to us in this text. And so let's read the text, yeah. and then we'll get into it. Quick context as we start. We know that some of you guys have just shown up. You're like, where is John in the Bible? Oh, yeah. Uh, just... Look at the front of the um, Bible, and you'll see a table of contents, or you can Google John 15, it'll pop it right up. We use the ESV translation. It's John 15, verse 1. So quick context, John has been, through this gospel, demonstrating through these stories who Jesus is. And he's given us seven signs, seven miraculous signs to show us who this Jesus is. And then he's also given us seven I am statements. This is the seventh I am statement. And in all these things, John is saying, this is who Jesus is. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah. And currently we're in the last 24 hours of Jesus' life. This is right before he goes to the cross. He's with his disciples. Judas, who will betray him, has walked out and here he is with just the inner circle of those 11 remaining disciples speaking to them. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. 
You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. Awesome. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this truth that is transformative. Uh, The reality that, Jesus, we uh, have all of our being and existence in you uh, comes to bear on us in this text today. So our prayer would be that you would help us see uh, who we are in relation to you and um, how much you love us. Uh, God, help us today. Be not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we got some pretty... uh, obvious things that jump out of the text, right? And we've, in case you couldn't tell, we've listed them for you over here. Yeah, don't forget. So that's my phone number. I'm Joel. Uh, You can text me while we're talking and and we'll attempt to answer a question if you have a question while we're talking. Sorry. Yes. I forgot about that part. Yep. Um, So obviously there's the vine, there are the branches, there uh, is the vine dresser and the idea of fruit. Kind of four things that jump out uh, of the text at us, and we're going we're gonna to talk about those things as we move through the text. So the first one we get is this mention of Jesus saying in the, in the final I am statement, I am the true vine. Well, to us, that may seem like an odd thing to say, right? Um, but in Jewish culture, this idea of a vine has been used throughout history with the Jews to describe Israel. Uh, in fact, if you go to Psalm 80 real quick, I want you to see this, because this helps, uh, helps the context of what Jesus is doing and, and how powerful this image is that he's using with the disciples. So in, in Psalm 80, uh, it's a psalm where uh, the, the, the writer of this psalm, they, they think it was Asaph, is Uh, asking God to restore Israel. Uh, And there's a reason for that. Israel has turned uh, from God and his promise and his law. And in verse 7 of Psalm 80, Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. You brought a vine out of Egypt. That's a reference to Israel. You, you brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls so that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit? The boar from the forest ravages it and all that move in the field feed on it. Turn again, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see, have regard for this vine. So all throughout the Old Testament, you have this imagery of the vine being Israel and God's uh, being the the keeper of the vineyard, uh, if you will. And Jesus makes this statement. Remember his followers, these are good Jewish boys, so they would have been familiar with this. 
Jesus makes this startling statement. I am the true vine. Jesus is saying, I am Israel. I am the representation of Israel. I am everything Israel could not be. This picture of uh, God pulling Israel out of Egypt and delivering them from sin and slavery. Uh, Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of all that prophecy in the Old Testament about a vine. You're looking at it right here. I am the true vine. Yeah, so you go back to uh, Genesis when God chooses Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. So through your people, all the nations will be blessed. And they're given this great mandate, right, to, to be a blessing to all nations. How is God going to do that? And um, you, you might remember that Abraham has a son, Isaac. Isaac has a son named Jacob. Jacob and his family, in the middle of a famine, end up in Egypt. It's quick history lesson here. So they end up in Egypt where eventually hundreds of years later they're enslaved and the Israelites have grown. It's their great number of people. They're now enslaved in Egypt, right? And that's why in Psalm 80 it says you brought a vine out of Egypt. God rescues them out of Egypt. The mandate has stayed the same. God rescues them out of Egypt in order to uh, keep his covenant relationship with them in order to be a blessing to the nations, and the problem is that the psalmist is outlining here is that the vine hasn't been what the vine has been called to do. Right. And Jesus says here, and he uses this I am statement. It, it echoes back to Exodus chapter 3 when God has this incredible meeting with Moses where there's this bush that's on fire but it's not burning. It's burning, but it's, it's not burning away. And, and it's just fire. And Moses stands up and he's like, what is going on? And, and he finds himself on holy ground. He's talking to God. And eventually he gets to the point where he asks, what's your name? And God answers him, I am who I am. That's his name. I am. So when Jesus steps up and he says, I am the true vine, he's connecting both of these things together. And he's saying, I am, as in, I'm, I'm God, the God, same God who introduced himself to Moses, that's me, and I'm the true Israel who will do exactly what God had set out for Israel to do. And, and be blessing to the nations. And uh, we know that because we, we're looking back at this through the lens of the cross in history. Right. But when he makes this statement, it would have sure. been revolutionary to these guys. And... And this idea that he is the true vine. He is the reason uh, everything lives and moves and breathes. Everything gets its existence from this vine. And he says, my father yeah. uh, is the vine dresser. Mm -hmm. um, and we've gotten a pretty good glimpse. If you were with us last week, we were, of course, in John chapter 14, just right before this chapter. And uh, all of John 14 gives us a pretty good glimpse of the Trinity. It shows us that, that Jesus is God. Uh, the Trinity is one God, three persons, right? And Jesus is the Son. And Jesus relates to the Father in John chapter 14 by saying he's obedient to him. And then he repeats it again here in John 15. He's obedient to the Father. And then in John 14, he introduces us to God the Holy Spirit. And so we see God on full display in these verses, and now he says, here's one role of 
in particular for the Father, that he's the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So, so those are the two actions that, that right. God does. And, and we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, uh, the, the branch that doesn't bear fruit and the pruning, um, but we need, to, we need to talk about our role, right? Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Um, what exactly does a branch do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Jesus says we have to abide in him. This idea of abiding is a really rich term, right? It's a, um, it's a word that uh, has a lot to it. Uh, a lot, some translations, you may have a translation that says remain, remain in me. Uh, I, uh, like the word remain feels a little too static. Does that make sense? Like, like this Sharpie can remain, right? It, it, uh, the word abide has, a, in, in my mind at least, a fuller sense. There's active things going on yeah. with abide. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, if you abide, yeah. if a branch abides in the vine, uh, Pastor Carlos has a degree that actually helped him with this. I know, we need to uh, I, bring I, him I, up for I a I have a degree in American literature, basically. I can tell you some great stories about vines. Uh, this is all I remember. Uh, here's, here's basically what a, how a branch abides. Water up, sugar down. Right? Any, any other horticulture people in the room? You're like, yeah, yeah I get that. Yes, yeah, like, awesome. yes, I get a nod, Carlos. Yes. You're right. They haven't changed the science. <laughs> uh, but, but the roots, the nutrients come up from the soil into the branch and yeah. it bears fruit. So there's this idea that there's an active process going on in abiding. Yeah. Abiding is a living and breathing relationship. So if you've shown up this morning because going to church was on your checklist, you said, I, you know, <laughs> I know like to be a Christian, I need to go to church. You know, I need to uh, read my Bible. If that's your checklist, then you've missed it because Jesus is saying, this is what it looks like. This is the picture that he gives. He says, this is what it looks like to be in relationship with me, to abide, living and breathing. It's, it, and he's going to say the lifeblood really is love. It's, yeah. it's that sugar and what was the other part? Water up sugar Water down. and sugar. Um, <laughs> They're never going to forget that, but they may not remember anything else. But, but it's, <laughs> so actually, here's, a, here's a, another way I've heard it put is, to abide is to be dependent, right? You have branches that are coming off the vine, and he says, you know, if I cut it away, if you cut it away, what happens to a branch? If you cut away the branch, he says it here. It dies, right? We're totally dependent on the vine. We're totally dependent on the vine. And somebody gave the example of a baby in the womb of their mother. Mm-hmm. That, that baby's completely dependent. I mean, when we talk about abiding with Jesus, it's that kind of relationship, it's that kind of intimacy, it's that kind of like living and breathingness that, that happens between us and God, and that's, that's what he's calling us to. Right, and, and so we are to abide in Jesus. There's this active work for us. Um, and then, as we abide, we bear fruit, right? There is one truth about the remaining part. Yeah, see, Joel likes remain, and so this is <laughs> there the is an element to see of us. remaining because <laughs> when, when you are in the vine, right, you better remain there because if you don't, you die. 
And yes. so there is that element of abiding that is remaining. I think that's where that word comes from and why yes. it's a part of that. Is I don't totally hate it. Okay. It just... All right, it I'm just making sure. It helps me okay. to abide. Remain if you'd like. Okay. Abide. This is the part they, they usually don't get to see. Right. Um, <laughs> so we need to bear fruit. So the question then becomes, well, what in the world is fruit? Mm-hmm. And, and it gets back to this idea. We typically think um, it is about doing, but the reality is it's more about being. There's a subtle That's difference right. there. We, we, we want to think fruit is about everything I do. Right? I got to do these things. Joel you know, ran through a list of them there. I got to go to church. I got I to read my Bible. I need to be in a D group or a small group. Don't I, do drugs. Don't do drugs. Yeah, don't do drugs. Don't have premarital sex. You know, the whole list. Don't, if I do these things, I'm bearing fruit. Well, that, no, it's, bearing fruit is about being. That's right. Right? And so um, let's try to unpack that a little bit. What does that mean? Well, in some sense, fruit means this. It means you're, um, it's you reproducing other disciples. That's, that's certainly a piece of it. Um, it's uh, remaining in Jesus' commands. O- obeying the law is certainly part of bearing fruit. But for the most part, in the New Testament, the idea of fruit is always connected to the fruit of the Spirit. Right? So flip to Galatians 5. Most of you, in fact, a great number of you may have this memorized. Uh, but in Galatians 5.22, Paul's giving this, uh, he's writing to the church of Galatia, and he's giving this admonition to stay in step with the Spirit, and he gives this list of things you used to be and the works of the flesh. And then he says this in verse 22 of chapter 5 of Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-controls. Against these, against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, those who are abiding, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So Paul gives us a picture of what it means to bear fruit. It's, it's these characteristics of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Who does that sound like? Jesus, right? Is the picture of what that means. And and this idea of us bearing fruit and that fruit abiding in us is is that. So it's it's really this multifaceted thing fruit is. It's, it's, uh, It's like a diamond, it's got multiple sides. Yeah, verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in, I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So here, here's what it looks like, right? When we're abiding in the vine, when we're in this living and breathing relationship with Jesus, those fruits come out in our life, right? It's impossible. If you're really, I mean, he's saying it here, you're going to prove to be my disciples if you bear much fruit, that's, that's how we know for abiding with Jesus, is if fruit is produced in our life. And, and guess what? If fruit is produced in our life, if we're seeing the Jesus life come out in our life, then you're going to see more branches pop up. Yeah. 
I'll give you a good example of this. This was a while back, but it just was the first thing that popped in my mind as I thought about this text. uh, Because I I like, really, I was new to like pastoring and and how to do that, and I had a group of people I was supposed to be pastoring, and uh, in this group, there was like several people who had just become new Christians, and we were teaching them about the Bible, and, and uh, one of those guys invited his friend to come be a part of our little community that we had started, and uh, he invites his friend Tyrone, and Tyrone comes, and he is blown away by what he's seeing in these branches that are together. Mm. Like he's saying, this is totally different. That's what he said to us. It's like totally different what you guys have going on here. And then Tyrone asked some more questions. I had done like, um, you know, a, a some kind of talk that day, and he comes up and he's like, I, I gotta know more about this. And he had like never read the Bible before. And so I'm sitting there trying to explain to him the gospel and how we can be in relationship with Jesus and what he did on our behalf. He lived a life that we should have lived and he died the death that we should have died. And I'm explaining this to him, but it was probably the worst explanation of the gospel I'd ever <laughs> given before. It was terrible. Like, I don't know. I, I probably said some wrong things about even who God was. And somehow at the end of it, he says, I want that. Hmm. And, and next thing you know, he's calling out to God that, for him to be saved. And, and we're sitting there, like, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, how is this happening right now? Like, how is this possible? But it really was this, this played out, right? That, that he had seen in our lives the fruit of what God was doing, who he was in our lives. And when he had seen that, he wanted that. And he, and, and, uh, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. It was, it was the work of the vine in his life to, to graft in him as a branch yeah. to say, yes, Tyrone, I love you. I want to save you. And that's exactly what happened in his life. And, and you know this. You, you, some of you are in gospel communities with one another and you have people that aren't yet Christ followers that are around you and they want what you have. That, that is, that's a picture of what God is doing when we are bearing fruit, when we're loving one another. Um, uh, we got a question. Can we still be a Christian and sometimes struggle with bearing these fruits of the Spirit? Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's like we, we talked a little bit, of, we touched a little bit on it last week. There, there is a, um, now, now let, me, let me be careful here. Mm-hmm. You, you can't be a Christian and exhibit none of it. Okay? Like if you say, I've been a Christian for five years and there's no love, no joy, no peace, no patience, no kindness, then, then it's verse two. It's verse two, which we're about to get to, right? If you have none of that in your life, good chance is you, you are not abiding. Um, but we obey Jesus imperfectly, right? Mm-hmm. We, 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 there should be a desire in our heart to want to exhibit this fruit. And that's, that's the whole idea of abiding, when you abide in Christ, when, you, when you're... Uh, so so here's, here's another thing. Like this passage really speaks into discipleship in, in a lot of ways. We typically tend to break it down into these two categories. One is knowledge, right? Obey my commands, that's doctrine. Like we get our doctrine right. Uh, The other is behavior. Like do what I have told you, right? Jesus says that. So that's uh, ethics, doctrine and ethics. And we tend to think that's discipleship, that's abiding. Well, there's a third piece of it that's, uh, that's experiential. 
mm-hmm. right? That we, um, the, the spirit testifies within us, Paul says in Romans, that we belong to God. There is this spiritual, mystical piece of abiding in Jesus that needs to be present in our life. And so by, absolutely you can struggle yeah. with, uh, but. And what he does is in verse two, the latter part of that, he says that, that um, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So he's, he's gonna be pruning you to um, shape that up in your life. He's gonna use situations and people and his church, and he's going to be pruning away at you. He's gonna use trials, yeah. that's what the Bible says, that, that they refine us um, to, to make us more like him. And very often he will use his word. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know who sent the question, but, but it may be that at this moment, God is in your life right now doing a little pruning. Yeah. And when you think about this, the vine dresser is never closer to the branch than when he's pruning. Mm. Like his hands have to be in there on the branch taking care of it. Or... This, we, we have to deal with this, right? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And later on, we're told, he takes those branches and throws them in the fire. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's been a lot of confusion about this. People will want to take that verse and say, well, uh, all right, so if you're in the vine, you're a branch and you're in the vine, obviously you were a Christian and you can lose your salvation. Well, a careful reading of the Bible will show that can't be what Jesus means because John 17, which we're about to get to, is one of the clearest pictures of if Jesus saves you, he's never going to let go of you. Yeah. And in John chapter 10, which we've already come through, by the way, I know my sheep. I will, I will not lose any of my sheep. There, I, I, this is what I think is, is happening here. You, we've seen it already in John's gospel, right? So flip to John 12. I, I want you to see this, because this will be helpful. If you remember at the end of John 12, you, you've got this group of people, um, verse 42 of John chapter 12, nevertheless, many of the authorities believed in him, right? But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So you've got these people that are really close to Jesus, experiencing a lot of Jesus, that aren't in, right? And there's an idea in John 15 that you can be in the church, right? You can experience the local church, as a, as a branch, but not be abiding in the vine. Like, you, you, can, you can do all the right things. You can, you can go on mission trips. You can memorize Bible verses. You can, you can be in a worship service. You can do all the right things and still not be abiding because you're still, there's, there, you're counting on your works and, and what Jesus says is, you abide in me by putting all your faith, all your trust, and all your hope in That's right. me. That's right. And, and directly in view of, all, of Jesus saying this, of course, is Judas, 
right? Judas is the example we have there of every branch of me that does not bear fruit. He takes away. Judas is taken away. Uh, Judas would have looked like he was one of Jesus' followers, one of his disciples, right? He followed him around for those three years. He was with Jesus. Everyone would have thought, this guy is in. And we find out that actually he's not. (laughs) He falls away from Jesus. Um, He never was Jesus's. And Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. You have Peter, right, who um, we were just told that he's going to deny Christ. Um, There's some pruning that will go on in his life. Um, So the bottom line is that those who are attached to the vine will abide in the vine. They'll remain in the vine. Those who are Jesus's will remain with him. Yeah. And this isn't optional. This is not super Christian, right? (laughs) This is everybody. Everybody that's in, yeah. this is a picture of our life, right? You're, you're going you're gonna to abide and you're, you're going to bear fruit. This is what Christians do. Verse, hey, go ahead. Verse 10 says, um, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided in his love. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this idea of keeping Jesus' commandments. You think that's a checklist, but yeah. actually his commandments have everything to do with a relationship. That's what we kind of tried to clear up a couple of weeks ago. Because even when Jesus, even when God gave his commands to the people of Israel, he, he started off by saying, I'm the God who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the God who saved you. I want this relationship with you. I want to come and dwell with you. Now, here's how we live in this relationship. Here's how you abide in this relationship, if you will. And so it's, it's a relational thing. And he says, if you keep my commandments. So part of abiding in God is, part of being in relationship with him is obeying his commandments. Here's one quick example story. Uh, I don't know if this relates, but I just thought of this. Um, So the good thing is Vic can stop me if this is totally off base, okay? Um, But I was thinking back to this past fall when my daughter was in the hospital. So she was one and a half at the time. And she, was, she threw up every day for a month. It was terrible. We were like, what is going on? We eventually got her into the hospital, eventually got her diagnosed. And I remember sitting in the hospital, though, in, in like the in-between of not knowing exactly what was going on. And here's what happens in those moments. You realize that you're kind of completely dependent on people outside of yourself. Mm. And here, here's the thing. That's true all the time. Yeah. But we, we, we are... We, we're blind to it. We're, we're completely dependent, not only the, really most of all, completely dependent on God, right? His breathing and sustaining of life. And, and uh, so we're at that point where we're completely dependent on the doctors to say, hey, you need to do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And we had to follow exactly what they said. And so we were in that moment kind of abiding. We were completely dependent on what was happening uh, with the people who were trying to help us. And I think that's the that's picture good. we have of us abiding in Christ. It, we don't know any better. It's the life he has shown us is the life we have to live because he, it, because he knows better. Right. And, and so the result of that then is, um, is joy. Joy. We get joy and God gets Glory. glory. Right? Yeah, so look at, I can't write. It's, uh, it's, I'm sorry, it's verse 11. I've, first we start by this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. That's verse 8. And then verse 11, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. Jesus places his joy in us, that your joy may be full. So when this happens, it completes our joy and it gives God glory. 
When this picture is happening in our life, when people look at our church and they see branches attached to the vine, abiding in the vine, you're going to see a people full of joy. Mm, yeah. And you're going to see a people giving glory to God. If that picture is happening, think about the glory that it gives to God. Think about what that shows about who our great God is. And think about the joy that will fill our lives when we're living and breathing in relationship with Jesus. And all of that is anchored in this truth. In verse 12 and 13, this is my commandment. Jesus is, Jesus is hammering this home, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did he love us? Mm -hmm. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. So the picture then of this is the cross. The ultimate display of abiding in the Father is Jesus going to the cross. That's the love that flows in and out of that relationship is displayed on the cross. It's Jesus going to the cross to lay down his life for his friends. And do you hear that? He calls us friends. Can you just step back and just kind of be awed in that for a moment? That this God who created us, he says, I'm calling you friends. I'm laying down my life for you. That's how much I love you. And, and so before us today is this picture of what it means to be in Jesus, abiding in Jesus. And maybe today you're struggling with this. I, I, you're, you're, you're working and striving and you don't feel like you're abiding. There's an, an element of abiding that's restful, but you don't feel very rested. We would, we would invite you today to come to Jesus mm -hmm. and, to, and to find his rest and to abide in him because he lived the life you and I could not live and died the death we should have died. Yeah. So we could be reconciled to God. Enemies of God made friends of God through the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. We just got the question, what does it practically look like to abide? To practically, what, do, what that practically looks like is to do that every day. Mm. Is to wake up knowing you're completely dependent on God. You're completely dependent on the cross. That it's only through the cross that, you're, that you were given life. And you wake up and you live and breathe that. You wake up the next moment you're going, you, I, I need you, God. It may, I may feel like right now I can do it on my own. I can't. And you live and breathe that. And that's demonstrated in our life by prayer. Mm. I think that may be the, the greatest fruit that you see in someone who's truly abiding is, is someone who is praying without ceasing is that you see in their life that kind of relationship with God, that, that like they can't turn around without thinking about where God is in this and what he's doing and who he is in their life. Yeah. And so that's, the, that's before you this morning. Let me pray for us. Father, there's a, there's a lot in this passage that, that we didn't even come close to getting to. 
But I, I pray that uh, people have a picture now of what it means to be in you, Jesus, what it means to abide in you, to remain in you, to get our very existence from you. To bear fruit uh, is to have those characteristics of Jesus become more and more prominent in our life. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. These things need to be evident in our life. They need to be growing in our life through the work of the Holy Spirit as we, uh, we acknowledge that we are deeply loved by Jesus and the Father and that the Father and Jesus reside in us through the Spirit and that this is normative for us or should be, that we should be abiding in the vine and bearing fruit. And so, Father, I pray that for those of us who are in you, you would, you would make this a reality in our lives. And for those who are, uh, who are not, that they would cry out to Jesus and they would trust in him and that you would graft them into the vine. And it's in Jesus' great name we pray. Amen.